Hey everyone, how you doing? It's Peter Doak here and it is time for the PDG Advertising Podcast 27. Hope I've got that right. Um, doesn't matter, it'll be right on the uh, title of this podcast. And yeah, we're at either 26, 27 or 28. Who knows? Let's get into it. So it's a miserable wet day in Belfast. Sitting here in the apartment, can't even see the mountains because it's so grey and basically wintry coming into June in Belfast in Northern Ireland. Absolutely uh, crazy. So this morning we worked out that we needed to create a customer journey map. I've been meaning to do this for some time. Anthony and I have talked it over a few times on how we display the overall customer journey for places like Instagram, for our marketing material, maybe to have up in the office, something that depicts what we're trying to do. I've said it a few times on this podcast and it's really important the customer journey is everything to PDG advertising. It's what we do at all stages. It may seem really obvious, and to other people it might be really obvious, but it has taken four years of doing this on my own before I've realized that the P- the PDG advertising service is completely completely based on the overall customer journey and it has different dimensions and different levels and I've never seen anybody completely crack it. We have not completely cracked it. We are working to crack it and to 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 understand it better. The customer journey is if you own a business Or if you're a customer in a business, you can relate to this. And it's the path you take with a business. So I think a universal example is Mars or Coca-Cola. We'll go with Coca-Cola for now. The customer journey for someone, I mean, who has not heard of Coca-Cola Whenever you're younger, uh, it's you're introduced to it. I guess I was actually introduced to it by my mum, who, uh, rightly or wrongly, gave it to me whenever I was sick. It's a flat coke for whenever you're you're sick. I would doubt that flat coke Coca Cola does anything for you whenever you're sick. I can't imagine that it would be good for you. I can't imagine it would ever be good for you. I think it's a scandal that they've been able to assign, you know, whenever you're sick that you have a you have a flat coke. To me that's crazy. Couldn't couldn't be couldn't be healthy. And as a side note, the reason why I don't think it could possibly be healthy is because I used to work in a bar and I'd caveat this with no medical scientific knowledge whatsoever of this process but the f- there's two reasons actually the first one is i used to work in a bar 
and we regularly would spill coke in places and whenever that would happen the coke would congeal on whatever surface it was on like tar it would be sticky it would be very hard to get off the surface it would be just disgusting and that did never to me looked healthy to drink now i drink it a lot <laughs> pretty much addicted to it um I, I i i say i drink a lot i don't really drink it a lot I, I try to push myself away from it sometimes i treat myself with it but it but it's not a it's not a true truly enjoyable experience i always think this is not a nice thing to drink so that's one side of of coke the other side is i've seen it whenever they put those um pennies into a glass of coke and they come out stripped they come out like new and if it's doing that to coke to, to a penny something metal i wonder what it's doing to to your insides I, I don't like coke at all so that makes this point even more important coke in my idea coca-cola is not a good product um is it a successful product without doubt potentially arguably one of the most successful products in the world sugar water carbonated sugar water um and and you're introduced to i was introduced to it by my mum but there's a whole load of different entry points like what coca-cola and pepsi did in their early days they would get an influencer like the britney spears of the world or the um, beyonce's of the world or um, anybody that had some, some influence and they would associate with them, give them a Coke and have them drink it. And so you'd be introduced to it that way. Oh, look, Britney Spears is drinking Coke. I should drink Coke as well. Um, a fundamental of marketing, I guess, get someone else more popular than you to use your product and increase your, your brand awareness. So that whole area of, of brand awareness is, is a part uh, of the customer journey. So that first step, that first thing is is what we try to influence positively. And whenever a customer comes to us, we try to understand how do we get in front of people who don't know who we are or who the customer is. And we create adverts and, and strategies and plans to, to do that, to get in front of those people. Now, the next dimension of it, the the um the, you might you might see on um coca-cola's uh you might see you know coca-cola on a super bowl or, or something like that you might see um you know it uh you might see it in newspapers or all of those areas you might be introduced but you might still not you know you might still not um purchase it at that point if you see it just once and i've learned and this is a really important thing really really important it takes seven times seeing something before you take action that is pretty, that's an average. So it's not exactly seven times. So I can't guarantee that if I put an advert seven times in front of a customer, that that will be the magic number and everybody's the same and they will buy. Some people buy on the first go. Some people take maybe a hundred times to see it. But I've heard before, and I believe it's true because I feel it, that people need to see something five, uh, seven times sorry, before they will purchase. So... Our second level is trying to get in front of those people again and again and again and again so that they then eventually take action and purchase. And we do that through capturing emails. We do that through um, retargeting via pixels. We do that through bombarding the senses of, 
you know, newspapers, uh, someday if we do it, billboards, TV, social media ads, Google search ads, Gmail ads, YouTube ads, Twitter ads, LinkedIn ads, Instagram ads, as many type of different different types of ads as you can imagine. So that's all that mix of those two first stages of the customer journey with the product. Um, stage one, complete um, on awareness to awareness and then awareness into engagement and then engagement into purchasing. So you make your purchase. Now, this is where marketing becomes really holistic. Um, if you try the product and you hate it, then I don't think you're going to be able to sell it again. And I think that the customer journey could end there for you. So that's why whenever a customer comes with us, to us with a terrible product, we know we have to say no. And we know we have to push them off and say, look, this is not something that we can that we can work with or we can deliver. Because even the best advertising cannot sell a terrible a terrible product. But in that customer journey, that purchase scenario is something that we want to affect um, very heavily, making it easy for people to purchase the, the products. And I, and I believe that that is all part of advertising and all part of marketing, making that happen. Then there's another stage, which is advocacy, or what I call fans and um, word of mouth, where people that have purchased your product maybe a few times start to talk about it positively and start to review it and start to refer other friends. And remember at the start of our process where we were talking how you hear about things, that loops right round and back and right round up to the to the top part again where, where it turns people who don't know who what you're all about um, into people that have heard of you through a friend and word of mouth. And that is one of the most powerful parts. And sometimes I'm, I'm wowed by this because if you take that step back, the most powerful part has been fueled by the previous steps. And it's really powerful word of mouth marketing. And it's all a bit of a blur and it all blurs into each other, each of the different steps, because a purchase can happen at any given time. But it's fueled by um, new technology. New technology can move people through the stages quicker or can um, level the playing field between big companies and small companies. And it's always moving and it's always changing. So it's really, really exciting. <laughs> I guess, I don't know, that customer journey and that map is something I want to get out there to the world and to show people and to um, share with people to, to say, look, this is how you do it. This is this is the key. This is the this is the way to do online advertising in 2019. Now, in um, if you to today's world, um, we're also putting down. Um, in the little diagram and the document that we're going to create and put it out over all social media channels, we're going to say some bullet points as to what we're actually doing. But also, I'm going to share the tools that we use. And what would be really interesting would be to see if the Peter Doak or the PDG advertising of 1920 did the same thing. What would be the um, tools that we use? Would it be the Facebooks, the Instagrams? Definitely not. Because wouldn't even there weren't even computers back then. There weren't there wasn't anything. There was just newspapers. Um, I don't even know if there were TVs. I think there were probably TVs, but I don't I don't know. Maybe TVs was around in the nineteen. Um, well, no, it probably wasn't. Probably wasn't TVs. If my mom was like, if if she, if her, um, if in her house they were like one of the last people to get TVs, and you know she would have grown up. Um, after the 50s, so in the 1920s, it would have been newspapers, maybe radio, would it have been that so sophisticated? Maybe billboards, I don't know, maybe people walking about with 
t-shirts with advertisements on them i don't i don't know but it would definitely be different but what wouldn't be different what i don't believe would be different would be the pattern of people not knowing about you to people knowing a little bit about you to people purchasing from you and then people um talking about you so the mediums change but the process um does not necessarily change and that's the document that we're going to create and put out there um i guess i am kind of putting it out there right now um i'm putting it out there right now in this uh podcast but um i think that it's it really deserves to be depicted and put out there so people can share it really really easily and i guess i'll link back to this part of the podcast for that too today was uh wednesday can be kind of a uh, not quiet as in not busy but a quiet as in focus day um where we build in the things that we've said we're going to do for the customers um that can be a particular focus and what can happen whenever we're doing that we can find obstacles or we can highlight problems or you know see things that aren't working so well and i just wanted to mention this today we went further than we would normally go for the for for the customer way further and it's because we could um at the start of this week we said we're not going to be vying for new business this week so much because we're just so busy um and that's a thing that i hate to do i don't like not to be looking for new business but this week it's just been been very busy and i want to make sure that our customers are getting the best um value possible from us so we've pushed a couple of things really really hard for customers um more than we more than we normally would more than we should um and i don't have a problem with that at all because i want us to be adding more value than we're taking and that is something that definitely came to light today and i'll i'll let you know how that goes over the next couple of weeks because in what i do and in what we do at pdg advertising i don't think it takes very long to see if things are working so um let's uh let's see what happens over the next um week or so and see how that how that uh, works out you know something else that was really good today was that i was able to now every day <laughs> i'm really one for lists i go through a list of everything i have to do i go through a list of every customer i check in on every customer to make sure everything's okay um when i say I check in on every customer i don't get in touch with every customer every day um it's rare i guess that i would go through a couple of days without talking to a customer but i have a set list of um my customers and i go through them every day to make sure all the tasks are done and make sure everything's running smoothly and and that is like almost the only thing that gives me peace of mind that i know that that's happening and i know that if something goes wrong it is definitely down to me it's not because i haven't i can't blame anybody else it's not because it's you know someone else's fault it's because if something goes wrong i i know that i've checked it and i know that i'll have caught it within at least 24 hours of checking off that customer but today we moved so quickly that I was able to do it twice and I uncovered things that we could add value. I think that's maybe where our previous point of going further than what we normally would for customers, that kind of happened because I put double the effort into each of the uh, each of the customers that I was working on today and, and that was really good. That, um, that, that helped. Um, double peace of mind, I guess, and set us up well for tomorrow and for the next the next few weeks 
Um, I hope in this podcast that it doesn't feel like, you know, it's stuff that you don't really understand or stuff that doesn't really make sense. If, if there ever is anything like that and you're interested in it, just leave a comment wherever, you, uh, wherever you're listening to this and I'll, I'll definitely work to, to come back to you on it to, to explain it. But I suppose what I'm saying is today I was able to double check over my work, which was really, which was really good. I must give a shout out to our podcast producer who is back, back and bad as ever today, um, has been able to edit and upload our podcast to YouTube. Um, she's doing a wonderful job, so I'm really glad to have her back. And the last thing that I'm going to leave you with today is the simple, not complex mantra that we have, that I have developed over the last 24 hours or so. I've noticed in my team, my contractor team, um, a couple of team members who are making things more complex than they need to be because they're trying too hard not to make mistakes and trying to, uh, they're making assumptions on a lot of things that they don't know and that they need to work to test out because they're scared of making mistakes. And I think while it's good not to make mistakes, if you if you can help it, you have to make mistakes to go forward. So I think, I, I don't, I haven't really got into it with them where, um, I haven't really got into it with the, the contractors where that's coming from or why that's happening. Um, I've just tried to, flag it and say that's not how we should do things we need to simplify things not not make them more complex whenever we um execute things we need to do it swiftly and we need to follow instructions really well like take into account everything that you know we're saying to each other so that confusion and, and miscommunication does not does not happen um and that's a really important part of what we do at PDG. We definitely, like, one of the reasons why I, I built this business and why this business even exists is because I believe that I have a talent for simplifying complex technology in order to use it for businesses. So I need to make sure and impress that on the team and show that that's something that we do and we do well. Um because I think things do get very complicated. Don't get me wrong, things are complicated sometimes. <laughs> like, like things things do get very complex. And, it, and it's not a case of, well, I can explain this in, you know, a moment. It's more understanding core principles and breaking things down into component parts and understanding how they work. It's why I'm such a advocate of making mistakes and breaking things um, in order to put them back together again. Because whenever you do that, you understand it from the inside out. Um, there was a company that I worked for uh, a while ago. I was a, a resource planner in that company for a time. And it taught me one of the greatest lessons that I've ever learned, ever. And I, I walked in, I used to create rotas. And there was a rota for like 180 people. Like, I really don't know if I was qualified to be um, creating rotas for 180 people. I was in my early 20s at the time and I was full of um, beans 
And I guess if anybody said, can you do this? I was like, yeah, of course I can do it. And maybe me, I, I really have to do things my own way and I have to, you know, learn to do things my own way and I have to make mistakes. And uh, doing rotas for 180 people, something I was maybe used to doing rotas for maybe 20 people, maybe 30 people or so, but 180 people with maybe 10 different languages and um, goodness knows across a whole 24-hour spectrum of time across however many disciplines. Um, being... Uh, Bullshit, I think is the word. I took this on and didn't complain and just tried to do it. And I did it on our new software system. And I was responsible for deleting that whole rota system for about four weeks. And it might not sound that big, but considering the amount of complexities in the rota and how, you know, and, and considering that whenever you have done that, <laughs> it's 180 human beings that you have then deleted the rota for. And you don't even know, um, they don't even know what they're, what they're supposed to be working. So um, whenever you do that, you walk into work and you know that you've done it. And that's, and well, whenever you walk into work and you discover that you've done it and you know that you've done it, it is a sick, sinking feeling that you, that you get. Um, but what it allows for you to do is to fix it and to build it back up again. I suppose if the person who you're working for allows you to, <laughs> or in my case, if I can just say, oh no, we need to do this to fix it. And then I was the only one that was able to fix it. So whenever I did that, it gave me an in-depth understanding of the program, in-depth understanding of, you know, what can happen and an in-depth understanding of, you know, what to do when something goes wrong. So it made me better in the future. And that that's what we need to do at PDG Advertising. We need to push barriers and break through them and we don't we, we can't get caught up on hearsay of how an advert is supposed to be run or how a graphic is supposed to be done any of that stuff we we have to we have to break through and and move forward instead of getting caught up in anxiety and and uncertainty i mean the worst that can happen is 24 hours can go past and a test budget of $30 is lost and at that point, we can then review and find out why and, and how it didn't. But to hold back and not do it because you're scared of making a mistake is not something that we want to do going forward. So what I'll be working personally on is bringing us as a team to a place where we can test and, and do well in a simple fashion and, and not make things more complex than they need to be. Wouldn't that be good? Everyone, thanks so much for listening. That was the PDG Advertising Podcast, either 26 or 27. I am not entirely sure, but you'll be able to see by the title of this podcast. And I look forward to tomorrow's where we'll share more of our journey and uh, and, and more of our, our time. I'm going back here to a rainy, a rainy Belfast. I hope the sun is shining wherever you are and you're having a great day.